Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Inverse, a Bible study show where we get into the Bible and talk about real life events, real life practical applications, and real life. Hopefully that's what we're going to be talking about. My name is Justin, and in the studio we got Israel, Jonathan, and Siku, the usual suspects, and we're going to hear from them after we have a word of prayer. But before we do pray, we want to encourage you to get your Bibles out, whether that's on your phone or screen or on you know whatever device you like. Uh, including paper, and also download the Bible study guides at inversebible.org. We are looking at Jesus and liberty, Jesus and liberty. And I got to say, I got to admit, like the topic I was just a little bit afraid of, a little bit, I kind of, I think we're always afraid of the topic in the beginning. And then just Jesus and liberty, I just think, oh, this is going to be a little cheesy, like liberty is going to be like, yo, freedom. But last episode was like really good. Mm. I felt like it was really, really good. Mm. So go to hopetv.org slash inverse, and you want to watch that episode because that was just on an existential level a very good one for uh for all christians and even non-christians uh good stuff we're going to, we're looking at separating church and state separating church and state we have a word of prayer to prevent any weird accents from popping up uh, israel if you can pray for us father in heaven thank you for your word thank you for the freedom that we find in it Amen. thank you that you speak to us And we ask now that you would do this as we engage in your word today in Bible study. We ask for these gifts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're in Matthew chapter 22, 22, and then verse 15, I believe, to verse 22. And Jono, can you read that for us? Verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Yeah. Siku, can you give, can you give us a recap? What is something that you personally have uh, gained from the last four episodes uh, on our topic on liberty in Jesus that you did not have before we, enca- we engaged these conversations? There have Make actually it. been several things, but I'll tell you the one that really blew my mind was thinking <clears throat> about how um, truth comes in the context of relationship mm. um, that it's not just it's not just about a mental ascent and it really struck me because I I like the brain stuff you know mm. like thinking through stuff and like the nitty-gritty but that you cannot you can't you can't comprehend truth just with your brain. Mm. Like you have to be in a relationship with the one who is all truth for mm-hmm. you to actually understand truth. That like that like still has me in a tailspin. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, when, when we were talking about last uh, episode, I was thinking that it's it's very Greek, uh, Greek thinking and Hebrew thinking, the two languages of the Bible. That uh, the Greeks like to have pr- propositional truth and just kind of abstractions, and then the Hebrews just had to be rooted in the relationship with yeah. two people and having in, in the discourse. So a lot of times the Greek New Testament is just like, this is truth and this is truth and this is truth. And we kind of like that. 
Mm. Whereas the Hebrew is just like chapter one and this long, you know, da, 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 like Job, you know, like they're talking for like three cycles, four cycles, five cycles. And then for, and after 38 chapters, finally, God is like, who are you or where were you? And mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's based in, in, in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it comes about liberty, Jesus kind of floats between Greek and Hebrew. Yeah, and, and the ways of modes of thinking. Um, let's go. To, uh, we looked. We looked at this passage in in Matthew twenty two. Uh, what are some principles we can gain out from here? Additional principles as we continue our conversation. Uh, the fir- the previous four chapters, uh, four episodes was about Jesus talking about religious liberty, uh, religion and liberty. Uh, and this episode is on in chapter twenty two. What are some principles we can mine out today, Jonathan? Well, we see here um, that Jesus is being tested by the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, you know, catch him off guard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, they're coming with this idea, this question about, you know, the Roman Empire, essentially, that mm-hmm. should we pay taxes to Caesar? And this brings up the question to Christians, you know, what is our relationship with the earthly governments? Mm-hmm. You know, these are not, uh, you know, governments uh, that necessarily always portray the most Christian values or, or mm-hmm. things. It should we should we pay taxes? Should we be um, uh, obedient to the laws of the land? Like, wh- how? What are those dynamics? And Jesus here, he um, he addresses this, and he he also in a very clever way. You know, he says that you 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 pay to t- you. You give to the government what is the government's, mm-hmm. to God what is God's. We do have those extremes, huh? And mm-hmm. a lot of people do use scripture to 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 buttress their uh, argument. One is that we don't need government. They use like you know just libertarian. Is it libertarian mm-hmm. or uh, anti? Uh, what, what what am I trying to think of? You know the 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 belief that government doesn't exist and you can just do whatever you want to do and um, anarchy anarchy, anarchy, yeah. anarchy. Mm-hmm. biblical anarchists right mm-hmm. they're like hey forget government all I need to be is just true to God and that's all I, all I have to be and then the other side is like man totally comply with everything mm-hmm. that the government and state should be state and and religion should be exactly the same right. and combined together right. uh, is it just a merely a balanced thing you just have to be right in the middle or uh, what is Jesus saying about separating the two together. I mean, oh, go ahead. All right. Um, if we go back to the text in verse 15, it says, Chapter you know, 22, yeah. 15. Oh, yeah. the beginning. Yep. Yeah. The Pharisees uh, are plotting to see how they can entangle uh, Jesus with this talk, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for us to understand that by nature, politics entangles, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, the purpose of politics is to separate, you know, different world views and in that separation to bring about a uh, some kind of balance because balance is not possible uh through human will alone mm. you know in other words uh the reason why we have separate parties the reason why we have in the united states the three different uh branches of government is because one branch alone will create problems for the people mm. you need the balance of power mm-hmm. and so What that indicates to us is the fact that left to human beings alone, we cannot find balance. Mm. That's why we have within our structures these balances of power. Politics by nature, it entangles people in the sense that it divides peoples uh, um, uh, in, in camps, which otherwise, if you really think about it, there's very few differences between us, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, 
according to what politics do. In other words, uh, two neighbors could be living with each uh, next to each other. One could be super duper liberal. The other one could be super duper conservative. I'm talking about politically. But at the end of the day, there are there's a big thing in the middle that that they can actually agree on. You know, being kind, being good, supporting your people. Now, how you manifest those kind of support systems is where the differences is, right? differences are. But what Jesus is saying here is that by nature, because by nature, politics divides, what happens is that this tells us why it's important for us to separate church and state. Mm. And so what Jesus essentially says is, he's essentially saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar's Mm -hmm. and give to God what is God's. Don't mix the two. You are essentially in bondage to Rome. You know, that's why the stamp of Rome is on there. Give to Rome what belongs to Rome. Give to God what belongs to God. And kind of leave those two in two separate in two separate worlds. Uh, worlds. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't try to mix them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, when it comes to religious liberty, which is the topic of the, this quarter that we're in, uh, or Jesus and liberty, the, we have seen already in the past episodes that the freedom to investigate, the freedom to, to find truth... Um, is is very essential uh, in this world. It's very important to God too, because He desires con- conversion based on love and, and 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 trust. And so, when it comes to mixing, you know, the government and religion together, we immediately get into danger. Well, which, which religion? Number one, and then, or if you talk about Christianity, well, which denomination? So you already immediately exclude a whole lot of people, and you're bringing like, that. That's the danger of it. You're bringing in the the impossibility of, of, of people coming to an understanding of truth uh, the right way. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jesus is warning us against this here by saying, and he's also in a way, it's almost like, uh, f- because for the Jewish people in those days, this was a huge issue. We are oppressed. We should be our own nation, all these things. And Jesus is saying, there are things that are way more important than this. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the politics. Give Pay your taxes. You know, there are some benefits that the government provides for you, um, even though there was a lot of corruption. I'm not saying it was all good. But Jesus is saying there is a higher level of more important issues than this. Um, so the separation is important, but there's also a, a different focus that we should have all together. And, and one of the things that I was thinking in this, in this text, and it kind of bounces off of what Israel was saying, that separating these two realms where you have obligations that you have to the civic authority that oversees your civil life, mm. and then you have responsibilities to God who created all of everything, right? Mm. Um, it's interesting. I found it interesting. In verse 15, the purpose why they brought this question was they were looking to entangle him in his talk. They were trying to trick him. Mm. So they realized something about the way that Jesus was teaching his uh, philosophy of life, I guess, um, that this question should be a trap for him Mm. because Jesus has been talking about his kingdom. He's setting up a kingdom with different values. My kingdom is not of this world. Uh, They had seen something in the way that Mm. Jesus was speaking about his kingdom Mm. that this would be a trap for him. That's true. And so they bring in, they're like, okay, so since, since, (laughs) you know, there's a different kingdom, should we acknowledge the kingdom of this world? And what he says is, yes, the, there is there is authority here that we ought to acknowledge. And there's an authority that is beyond this yes. earthly authority that we ought to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't leave off acknowledging either one of them. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, in verse 22, they heard these words, they marveled 
and left him and went their way mm-hmm. because what he said to them resonated with reality. Mm-hmm. It was like, duh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there are things that we owe to God that we don't owe to earthly governments. Mm-hmm. And there are things that we owe to earthly governments that we don't owe to God, mm-hmm. right? And as as long as they they separate, then let them be and give what you owe to both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're gonna. I want to go to uh, just piggyback on your your comment, uh, Siku, to go to Romans thirteen. But before we go there, I mean, I mentioned this before. Uh, we we were talking about separating the two worlds, and the question is really why. Uh, you don't. We're, we're, we're in, a, in a couple episodes now. We're going to talk about what happens when you do combine them and the dangers of that. Um, what I always do is exercises wherever I go, and uh, when we're talking about politics and whatnot. But you take church and you take state and you you separate them. And I mentioned this in the previous, I think, another episode. But you take state, you take government, and you boil it. Yeah, you take all the water out and you just you, you bring it down to its concentrated particles and it becomes a crystal. And that, that element at the end, what, what's, what's the, the core element of, of state? And it's really force. Government is all about force. You're giving, people are giving their rights to government to allow them to enforce laws, jail time, mm-hmm. death. You can use all military uh, use force to go to push about your your laws in your world. That's 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 the world of state. The world of church, you boil it down, and what do you get? And this is where I think Jonathan, you probably would say love. I would say conversion, the Holy Spirit. It's really the same thing, right? But it's it's the church is all about not enforcing, you know, the Ten Commandments or whatnot, not putting it in our courtrooms, but saying allowing the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to work in the heart. Something totally outside the power of human beings. Mm-hmm. The two don't work together. Right. Yeah. But the two work kind of in tension at the same time over, overlapping each other until Jesus comes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, how do we deal with this tension? And that tension, I think, is found in Romans chapter 13. That's a long introduction. Um, you never shared that before, I don't think. No, I don't think I, I, yeah. no you haven't. I did, but you, you probably forgot. Because, no, we wouldn't uh, forget that. Yeah. <laughs> that was deep. Powerful, yeah. So Romans 13, <laughs> praise the Lord, verse, <laughs> verse 1 and uh, Siku, can you read verse yeah. one to onwards? Sure. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be un- unafraid of the authority? Do you do what is good and you will have praise from the same? For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Verse 8, Jonathan. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not be for a false witness. You shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Okay, so you have this tension between church and state, and tension not between two elements, but we're living in the world of church and living in the world of state. That tension is within us, mm-hmm. and this chapter helps us kind of kind of resolve some of that tension. How does it? What what is that? What is this passage saying to us? For me, for me, what it says is. I live in a country that provides different services for me. Mm-hmm. It provides protection. Mm-hmm. It provides systems of education. It provides systems of health. It provides roads that we can drive on. It provides these different services for me. And it would be, therefore, hypocritical of me to enjoy these services and, not then, for them. and, and not pay for them, mm. not pay the people that provide these services for me. Mm-hmm. And so when when it says you know, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, or when it says, give to the people, uh, you know, pay your taxes, and, and, and these individuals are the ministers of God, etc. What it is saying is that so long as uh, these, uh, these items do not contradict the greater authority in my life, mm-hmm. in my life personally as an individual, which is God, then I should render to those people uh, the respect that is due them for the services that they're providing. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a contradiction between what they ask me to do and what God asks me to do, then I uh, willfully decide to follow God even at the consequences of mm-hmm. what breaking this law does, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. what breaking this governmental power does in my life. Mm-hmm. I do so with the understanding that, okay, you know, there's an allegiance here that I have to a greater power than to you. And I kind of think about this um, as uh, my citizenship. I'm a U.S. citizen. My parents came from Mexico. And I identify as a Mexican and as an American, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because I'm a citizen of this country, at some point, if I were to, if, you know, the country were to go to war and I was drafted or whatever, I'd have to choose between one of those two countries. Mm-hmm. If America was to fight war with Mexico, Me- you're with saying? Mexico, yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And my allegiance would be tested, right? Yep. And and who I value more would ultimately receive my services. And and but I would do that knowing that if I fight for, a, if I fight in a war with America against Mexico, then I'm clearly saying this is the higher power in yeah. my life, and yeah, I yeah, am yeah. cutting this off. Yeah. I'm doing so with in awareness of what this decision makes. And so in the same context, God says. As long as the laws of the nation do not conflict mm-hmm. with your ability to also render to God what is God's, yeah. then do so. Don't be a hypocrite. Yeah. But when they do conflict, or if they do conflict, then make a decision between the two and live with the consequences yes. of what happens mm-hmm. when you align with one allegiance over mm-hmm. another. But in, in line with what, with what Israel was just saying um, about when, when they align, that's the element I want to point to in verse 4, mm-hmm. where it says, if you do evil, be afraid, um, for it does not bear... But if you if you're doing good in verse three, then you have praise of the same mm. verse three, right? Mm. So in three, if you're doing good, then you're good. Yep. If you're doing bad, then you're bad. <laughs> like you're gonna be in trouble. Right. So with with the genius um, summary you gave uh, earlier about the power that state or that government wields is force, yes. right? And the power that God's kingdom wields is conversion, mm-hmm. right? This this transformation in the heart. When we are transformed in the heart, we obey God's law, you know, willfully, right? Mm -hmm. Which most, not all, but most of the laws of the state 
align with Allah what Allah. God's law is telling mm-hmm. us to do, right? Mm-hmm. They're telling us don't kill, don't mm-hmm. steal. Mm-hmm. And what it's saying is we're already living in accordance with what the state requires because of what God has done in mm-hmm. our hearts mm-hmm. and in our lives, mm-hmm. right? And he's saying in that case, there really is no conflict, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that... There shouldn't be conflict. They, right. Mm-hmm. As long as, as long as what he talked about. So I was just going to, just adding in there that the render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to mm-hmm. God what is God's, when we're rendering to God what is his, a lot of times it actually makes us render to Caesar what is his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we love God, then we will abide by the, by the law. laws yeah. of the land. Okay. That deal with how that we treat other with, people. Exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you for completing my sentence. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I can, I want to take a, maybe a, a, from a meta uh, perspective Whoa, uh, that, meta. <laughs> <laughs> that the government itself there's nothing wrong with the idea. Of, and here's here's what I mean. Um, I think as human beings, we were designed for government to be part of our experience. God has a government. There is a way he rules the universe. There are levels. There are different rules. It may not look exactly like, you know, the U.S. government or the Austrian government, but there is there is governance. Uh, governance is, is a thing. And we, are, we do not exist in a universe that um, was designed for anarchy, as you mentioned mm. earlier. And so... Because of you know the disconnect from God and so on, human beings still have that in them the, the, the desire for for order and 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 rule and law. It's in us, and this is why so many of the laws align with the Ten Commandments. Not all of them, always, mm-hmm. but there. And this is what what I think the the Bible is teaching us here that there, there are um, yes, while governments might be corrupt and there are issues here and there, uh, to a large degree, being a faithful Christian will. Will will be um, will also be seen as to be a good citizen in your in 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 your nation, mm-hmm. but it comes down to if we go to verse seven, it says in Romans thirteen it says rend therefore to all their due, as as Israel mentioned earlier, yes we are good citizens, but there are times when the laws of the land will conflict with the law of God, and of course that's when we align with with God mm-hmm. in, in those cases. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm just saying this because to 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 defend the reality of, of government, plus what we see here in Romans 13 as well, is that God has a hand in this. Mm-hmm. So God seems to be involved in, in some shape or form in the, in, the, in the governments of the world. And this is, this is something that may be sometimes a little hard to accept. Yeah. But uh, I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not saying every government is you know, mm-hmm. ordained by God to do mm-hmm. everything that they're doing. Uh, they will all be judged according to their works, all the politicians, yeah. um, as well as all of us. And so, but we have to understand that order and laws are are are, are something that we crave as human beings. Yeah. And God works through this as well. And again, we are faithful as long as we um, can stay faithful to God at the same time. But God will always take you know the presence. Yeah. Hey, this is this is all great insights. I, I want to add to the insights. Is just verse four. Mm-hmm. It says that for He is God's minister to you. So who is he? These are the rulers, mm-hmm. right? If I can insert, I mean, this is Caesar. Caesar is God's minister to you. And in verse six, he says it again. Is it in verse six? Mm-hmm. Um, you pay taxes uh, for, for they because are God's of this. You pay also pay taxes for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. So just just kind of putting two things two things to one, like Caesar and the White House, you know, Buckingham Palace, um, all the prime ministers of the world, they are ministers of God. Um, and so to, uh, to on that level of that, the fact that they're ministers of God, we should 
uh, obey them and submit to them and and, and pay honor and, and taxes where it's due. But on the same nuance is that they are servants of God, God. right? So should they misuse their position, mm. they're ultimately held accountable to God. Well, we're not talking about divine rights of kings here, right? This mm-hmm. is this is a temporary space that they've given responsibility to, uh, that God has given them responsibility to. So we it, it, this the, I, I think this is where the yeah. tension is. You have church and state. You have God's kingdom. You have um, the world, and then but the world will always be subject to heaven standards as also will the church mm-hmm. be held to God's standards. Mm-hmm. So God also, and the church also has pastors and ministers. They get paid by tithe. They are also ministers of God, mm-hmm. right? And they're ultimately held accountable. Should they abuse? Should they misuse, misappropriate money? It's not for us to, to I mean, we can compare and discern, <laughs> uh, but it's not for us to punish. God will ultimately punish and and, 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 and yeah. distribute justice in the way, in both, both both uh, church church and state. I know that opens a bag of worms, but mm-hmm. uh, any, <laughs> any, any, any follow-up comments on that? No, I think, yep. yeah, like so, what you said, I think they're both ministers with different responsibilities. Correct. And when we mix those responsibilities is right. when we get into trouble. Very dangerous. And, so one, yeah. one pair of ministers, one, one side of ministers, they are in, in terms of to facilitate conversion, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the preaching of the word, religion, you know, that kind of thing. Another is to uh, know when justice and force should be, should mm-hmm. be used. Mm-hmm. The two are two separate worlds. You mix the two, then you get into revelation, <laughs> you get into Babylon, you get into these these organizations that start oppressing and even usurping God's authority. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I guess in a way, uh, I wonder, this is, I, I can't back this up fully because I've just thought of this, but I wonder if 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 this not ideal form of, of what's going on right now in this world, in this, in this part of, you know, the, the human history, that there are human governments and so on, instead of just God's government. In a way, I think, um, as you're talking about religious freedom, these structures and and organizations they provide they kind of keep um, the the darkness of human nature at check to some Correct. degree. Correct. It provides more space and time and opportunities for people to experience conversion. Not always, not in every nation, but Correct. you know it's a great controversy. It goes back and forth, but to a large degree, it keeps things at check because um, that way God can work maybe in in the most efficient way compared to if. Everything was just, you know, anarchy and, and everyone kill each other. It, yeah. it just it helps, I guess, in in the way that the Holy Spirit is working. Yeah. And we'll get more into into episode seven when we are talking about theocracy when these two were at one point one in Earth's history. Uh, I don't know why why you know, I don't know of the development of that, but uh, and that's that's probably more for a deeper study. We'll we'll probably figure it out by episode seven, by God's grace. Uh, but we want to encourage you. That hey, to take a an intelligent look, a biblical look at society, and look at how does the Bible view the world, especially when it comes to these organizations and the institutions. It this the Jesus has a lot to talk about our politics, about our religion, about our values, about about all these things. Really, at the end of the day, to experience the the Spirit of God converting our hearts. Um, any other follow up words or values that you guys may have? I can't think of. I think we we've kind of mined out separating church and state. Uh, we have a lot to more talk about in our next uh, episode on the coalition of Christ when these two entities come together. So this is just part one of a very important 
part two conversation. We are on our topical arc looking at religious liberty, Jesus, and the concept of liberty. I want to say thank you for joining us, and we have had a wonderful discussion, and we want to say that uh, we want to dig more into Jesus' teachings for our lives in a practical way. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. God bless you. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, This is Inverse.